to uh, keep myself focused and to, and to give myself direction, I have really chosen the, the Gospel of John as kind of my guide to uh, really open up, you know, the scriptures to them and to connect with them. And because this is the whole problem when you're dealing with the elderly and, uh, you know, how do I connect with the audience? And, uh, you know, how do I connect with you? How do I connect with the, the, uh, the prisoners that I also minister to? How do I connect with the, uh, those at the rescue mission? And it is a challenge. And, you know, the Lord, again, uh, you know, I'm going to connect with some and I, I will not connect with others. But, uh, but in any case, what I basically did uh, on uh, Wednesday was to tell them that we're going on a journey uh, with these messages that I was giving them or that we were giving them. And, and please realize that it's not just me in terms of the ministry. Obviously, Peter was there. Bill uh, comes on, a, on occasion. Uh, Marilyn Beatty, whom you've met, uh, she has assisted me in interacting with the uh, the residents. And uh, Tom Hoyt, whom you've met, I know, when our song night, and uh, I play the guitar with him. Because I, when I know when the ministry when the ministry first started, I didn't want to certainly go by myself, and I wanted to go with another lady, and I wanted to also offer them music because in some cases, it may be the woman that is going to speak a lot louder than me because many of them are women. In fact, most of them are women. And also uh, the fact that there's music there, and the the, the message in the in the the song may again be another way of connecting with them. So, so I was grateful. God provided all of that, and I should mention Cliff. Cliff is is uh, assisted me also and given his testimony, and I love where his heart is at. I mean, he really has a desire for these folks there. So, so God put together a team, and I'm so grateful for that. But, but getting back to the the method in which I'm using to speak to these people, it's really a kind of a we're on a journey. Started with being born again, okay, and that that clicked. Okay, being born again. You know, we got a, a, a baby Christian. What's next? You got to feed him. Okay, so now we go to, I am the bread of life, and I take him to the well. We see the woman at the well, and uh, so we now have obviously the water that God wants to give her, or give them, and then we go on to the guidance that we need in life, which is the good shepherd. And, uh, and then, of course, we have the end of life, which would certainly be, I am the resurrection of life. And so, so I was able to kind of explain to them, this is really where we're going. We're going on this journey. And uh, uh, so I was grateful for, the, for that particular aspect of connecting with them. And they're at the end of their life right now. And I thought that was kind of an appropriate message. But, uh, but this is now kind of a segue into what I'm going to be speaking about. I know last week I, I said to you we were speaking about the encounters with Christ. Well, this is really a big encounter with Christ because we're going to look at where Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. And, of course, you're well familiar with the story and um, well familiar with it for a number of reasons. I mean, we've experienced a number of catastrophes in our life, you know, in this past couple of years, and, and I know that we've been led to that particular portion as a means of comfort. And, uh, and it has really spoken to us voluminously. And again, I'm going to look at it again. But I'd like to go through it a little slower than what we, are, what we normally experience. And uh, so let's go to the Gospel of John, chapter 11. And let's take a look at that. All right. Starting with verse 1. Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the, uh, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha. And it was that Mary which anointed the feet, uh, anointed the Lord 
with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sisters sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, the sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. When he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. And then after that, saith he to his disciples, let us go into Judea again. And his disciples say unto him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee. And goeth thou thither again? Jesus answered, Are there not yet twelve hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of, the, of this world. But if any man walk in the night, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. These things said he, and after that he uh, saith unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of sleep. Kind of reminds me of uh, last week's message. Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he'll do well. Howbeit Jesus spake of his death, but they thought that he had spoken of taking a rest and sleep. And then said Jesus unto them, Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there. To the intent ye may believe, nevertheless let us go unto him. And then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, unto his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. And then when Jesus came, he found that he had been uh, laying in the grave four days already. And now Bethany was near unto Jerusalem, about 15 furlongs off. And many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. And then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. And then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it to you. And Jesus saith unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Martha saith unto him, I know that he shall rise in the resurrection of the last day. And Jesus saith unto her, I am the resurrection and the life, and he that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? And she saith unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. And when she had so said, she went her way and called Mary, her sister, secretly, saying, The Master is come, and he calleth for you. And as soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came unto him. And now Jesus was not yet come into the town, but was in that place where Martha met him. And the Jews, when they were with her in the house, and comforting her, when they saw Mary, that she rose up hastily and went out, followed her, saying, She goeth to the grave to weep there. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. <laughs> and when Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? And they said unto him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus wept. Then said the Jews, Behold how he loved him. 
And some of them said, could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that even this man should have died? And Jesus therefore again groaning in himself cometh to the grave. There was a cave and a stone lay upon it and Jesus said, take ye away the stone. And Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, but he hath been dead four days. And Jesus saith unto her, said I not unto you that if you would believe, thou would see the glory of God. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou hearest me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And I should say, Lazarus, come forth. That's how he said it. Okay. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound with a napkin. And Jesus said unto him, Loose him and let him go. And then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did believed on him. We, um, first of all, can see that the very beginning of this, that uh, we have a picture of God's love. But we have in the very beginning the Lord, the saying of the Lord that he loved this particular family. And actually we may kind of help us in our understanding here that we have a picture of God's love, God's timing, and God's glory. Jesus can be seen in a number of different, how should I say, Offices, can I say that? Or, um, well, first of all, he was a teacher, as we see in, in, in terms of how he was dealing with the disciples. Actually, first of all, he was a friend, as, as John describes that. And the family of Martha and Mary were close friends of Jesus as well as Lazarus. And it's important that we, we realize that. I, I take great, how should I, comfort in knowing that though he came unto his own and his own received him not, Jesus had a place that he could go to and feel comfortable with, a, a, a place where he could, again, have a meal, a place where, again, uh, he was understood. Uh, and I particularly think of Mary. And again, we have a picture of him being the teacher. Uh, again, we have a clear, a clear example of that when he, again, we see the instruction that he gave his disciples regarding the fact that uh, walking in the day and walking in the night and this was clearly a picture of a teacher with, with the disciples. And we have a picture of him as a priest when he, again, enters into the, the scene of death. He goes there to comfort. And he goes there also as a warrior. I'm going to get into that a little more specifically because he's literally dealing with the problem of death. He goes as a servant unto his heavenly father. Because, again, he's listening to his heavenly father. Again, his cues and his decisions are his father's decisions, which is why we have this delay. And, again, we see him as the man, and we see him as almighty God. So we have these various different aspects of his person. And there are three basic scenes here that we have 
We have the scene with uh, time with his disciples. We have time with Martha and Mary, and we have time at the tomb. And uh, regarding the time with the disciples, we have here the name of the place where these friendships were formed, and it's, it's, a, it's a place called Bethany. And Bethany has two names. Bethany is, means the, the house of dates, and it also means a house of misery. We think of our own homes, and certainly we can, uh, I know, connect with that because we have, again, the joys of, of home life, but we certainly have, you know, trial, and we do have sadness. We do have things that happen within the home that, you know, would certainly change that joy into sorrow. And this certainly took place in this particular home. And it was certainly a place of hospitality. It's now it's a place of sickness. And Lazarus means whom God helps. It's actually a form of Eleazar. And again, it was mentioned that this was Mary that, who anointed the feet of Jesus. We're going to see a little more of, of her place as we move on here. And uh, she says, Lord, he whom thou love is sick. And this is certainly not a statement of a ploy, it is just a statement. And it is a statement, again, in knowing that you love him, you are going to come. And and I'm alerting you to the fact that that the person that you love is sick. And she knows that there will be a response. And she was hoping that there would be an immediate response, obviously. And she didn't realize there was going to be a weight involved in this. But when Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God that the Son of God may be glorified through it. He did not mean, and I'm going to throw a little thought in here. By the way, I want to thank Arthur Pink, who was the major commentator that I, I referred to. I, I loved his thoughts. So, And if you're wondering where I got this information, it was from another dear brother who was, again, a lot deeper than I am in terms of the Gospel of John. But... Uh, Again, he was very helpful in helping me to understand really what we're reading here. So this, the, the statement here is he did not mean that Lazarus would not die, but that death would not be the final outcome of this sickness. Lazarus would be raised again from the dead. The real purpose of this sickness was to bring glory to God. And we get that actually further uh, brought out in verse 42 that they may believe that you sent me. It's interesting to to see the repetition of this word believe. This is something, again, that you see in the Gospel of John, that they would believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And then then uh, later on in verse 45, we have many of the Jews believed in him. And that the Son of God would be glorified through that. And how would that take place? Well, from the way that I would understand it, As a result of this particular amazing miracle, this wondrous miracle that took place, they then plotted to put him to death. This was basically in the latter part of of this portion here. That they plotted to put him to death in verse 53. The miracle would set in motion decisions for his death, and uh, so now the plan would actually take place. And obviously... What, is it, what does Jesus mean is that now the, that these things are set in place, that ultimately I am going to go to even my own death. And as a result of that, God 
would highly exalt me and give me a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in, of things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. I know I gave a title to this message that uh, there would be a greater glory, and this is part of what we're, we're looking at here, a greater glory than simply a healing and even the raising of Lazarus. Ultimately, his own death would be the ultimate victory, and God would highly exalt him, as we just read. God's glory through, through Christ is man's ultimate purpose. We came together this morning as a blood-bought, chosen, peculiar people of God to give God glory through Jesus Christ. And this is why we are created. This is why we are made. And what a thrill to know my purpose and, and my place here on earth, you know, to give God glory in my life. It reminds me of, um, in some respects, uh, of uh, John 9.3, um, regarding the blind man, neither this man nor his parents sin, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. It ends in the blind man believing in Christ Jesus. John emphasizes again that Jesus loved his family, this family, and rightfully so. He stayed two more days where he was. And as we well know, uh, again, most of us, if not all of us, are are older believers, and we've experienced God's delays in our life. We have <laughs> had to wait. We've had to wait and wait and wait. God's love allows us to suffer that our faith may be tested. And uh, this is something, again, that I'm learning, <laughs> relearning again and again. James says, knowing the testing of your faith produces patience, endurance, but let patience have her perfect work, that you may be mature, complete, lacking nothing, believing. If we wait patiently, we'll discover that he will answer our prayer in a much more marvelous way. And this is certainly going to be the case here in this situation. One of my daily prayers is, has, has been for my wife, Rita, and I would remember that every morning and every evening I would be praying for a salvation. Did I actually see that take place? Well, I didn't see it in terms of, you know, her, you know, how should I say, <laughs> her professing it or whatever. But I have been assured that she's in heaven. And uh, so I had to wait. I had to wait and I had to wait. Christ was not going to act ahead of time. His cues were from his heavenly Father. We, we see that in many other instances in his life. The running out of wine, he says, a woman, what, what is that to me? My time has not yet come. And of course, did he actually say that he was going to do it? But Mary knew that he was going to do it, but ultimately his directions were from his heavenly Father. And of course, he did turn the water into wine. And then his brothers advised him to go up to Jerusalem in, uh, in chapter, chapter 7. But again, he was going to go up in his own time or in his father's time. And this is something, again, that, that is, is just so thrilling to see that, as Jesus said, I do nothing of my own self. All that my father tells me, that is what I do. And he always says, 
you must believe in the in, in God the Father and Jesus Christ whom he has sent. There is that connection over and over and over again in terms of his relationship to his heavenly Father. Everything he did was in obedience to his heavenly Father. Let us go. The disciples feared the dangers of death in Judea. Uh, this is actually brought out in the previous chapter, the spiritual meaning of that statement. Uh, okay, I'm sorry. But he now, again, talks about walking in the day um, as though he's disregarding this, this warning that, that, that he has. Jesus was walking in perfect obedience to his Father. There was no danger of his being killed before his, appro- his, his appointed time. And this, was the sa- this is the same for every believer. If we are walking in fellowship with God and doing his will, no one can kill us before our appointed time. Walking at night would have to do with one who is not faithful to God. Regarding sleeping, only four words in our New Testament have to do with actual sleep. The other 14 refer to death. Stephen was martyred by stoning and he fell asleep. And ultimately, he has to say to the disciples, Lazarus is dead, because they're thinking that again, Lazarus is actually taking a rest. And the Lord says he was not glad that Lazarus had died, but that he was that he was not there at that particular time. If he had been there, he would have not died. Note that it is not recorded in Scripture that someone died in the presence of the Lord. The disciples would see a greater miracle than the prevention of death. Therefore, the Lord said he was glad for their sakes that he had not been in Bethany, that you might believe. Well, they say we're willing to die. Well, this was loyalty, but for the moment, because we know that they eventually forsook him. And now we enter into a time with Martha and Mary. And we have this matter of four days, and this, 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 word, this number four is, you know, it's, it's often mentioned in our scripture, 40 days and 40 nights, 40 days in the wilderness. Uh, we have 40 days that, that Jesus fasted. Um, it has to do with testing. It has to do with a time of testing. And um, so Martha finally comes out to meet Jesus, and Mary is sitting in the house, and she says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother had not died. My expectations are shattered. She had faith, but it was imperfect. She thought he could only heal if he were present. She did not know that Jesus could heal from a distance, still less that he could raise the dead. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give it to you. Her faith is evident again. She did not know how the Lord would help, but she believed he would. She had confidence that God would grant, uh, grant him his, um, her request and that he would bring good out of a tragedy. But however now... She did not dare to believe that her brother would be raised from the dead. The word ask is a word normally used to describe a creature supplicating a prayer to the creator. It seems clear that from this that Martha did not recognize the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. She realized that he was a great and unusual man, but no greater than the prophets of old. To stretch her faith even more, Jesus makes this startling announcement. Lazarus will rise again. 
See how the Lord deals with this sorrowing woman and seeks to lead her step by step to faith in himself as the Son of God. Martha thinks that Jesus is referring to another time, and that would be from uh, Daniel chapter uh, Daniel 12, um, which states, And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. It is as if the Lord said, Martha, you do not understand me. I do not mean that Lazarus will rise again at the last day. I am God, and I have the power of resurrection and life in my hand. I will raise Lazarus from the dead right now, and will do it. And looking beyond this specific time, Jesus thinks of the resurrection of all true believers at his second coming for his church, having referred to himself as the resurrection and the life. At this time, there will be two classes of believers. I should say at that time, there will be two classes of believers. Those who have died in faith and those who are alive at his return. He comes for the first class as the resurrection and the second class as the life. Notice how he describes the first class. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. That would be Rita. That would be Matt. That would be, obviously, our loved ones who have known the Lord Jesus Christ. The second class is described as those who live and believe in me. They shall never die. They shall be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. Do you believe this? In order for Jesus to say this, he himself will have to die and be raised again for the dead. So ultimately, Jesus is even not just thinking about Lazarus, he's thinking about his own death on the cross. Yes, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, who is to come into the world. Wow. See Peter's confession of faith and note that Martha says this before Lazarus is raised from the dead. So there is this change. And now with faith, she's recognizing him. But, but, she still calls him teacher. The rabbi has come and is calling for you. So she's going to have to see this take place for things to really to click. Well, Mary comes out and she falls at his feet. This was her place. Every time the New Testament shows Mary to us, she is seen at the feet of Jesus, expressive of her worshipful spirit. But this is not simply a repetition. In Luke, we have, at Christ's feet, she owns him as prophet, hearing his word. Here in this gospel, she owns him as priest, the great high priest that can be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, who shares our sorrows and ministers grace in our time of need. And then in John uh, 12, 3, as we've already been noted in the beginning of, of this particular chapter, Mary, at his feet, acknowledges him as king. This becomes evident when compared with Matthew 26, 7, from which we learn that she also anointed the head of the rejected king of the Jews. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. 
The word means indignant and angry. He raged within himself. Calvin states that Christ is angry because of what has happened to his human race by sin. Come to the grave, he came to the grave as a wrestler. Surely it was not only the immediate condition of this family that sorrowed his heart and soul, but all sadness, suffering, and death that had come into the world because of sin. Truly, he was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And now we have a time at the tomb. Where have you laid him? Jesus wept, even knowing that he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead. See Christ looking over Jerusalem in Luke's gospel, or see our Lord weeping in Gethsemane as he contemplates the cross. I think of the verse that was mentioned in our, our Lord's Supper. Thou take account and put my tears into thy bottle, and are they not in the book? God was well aware, his Father was well aware of these tears, as we are certainly well aware of these tears. I want to share with you, and I'm going to keep you a little late because I, I'm going to, uh, I didn't really give you the full hour, I think, last time with you, so you're going to have to bear with me a little. I am still grieving for Rita. I, I am still grieving for it, and it, it hits me like, I can't explain it, but I was really taken aback. Uh, I was at the vet's. I, I forgot what day it was this week. And uh, I'm dealing with uh, my, my dog's problem. She's got a persistent uh, allergy, and uh, she's allergic to grass. Every summer, I go through this with her. And this poor dog's bottom is just a beet red, and she's constantly scratching and so on and so forth. And I mean, oh, it's like, whoa. So uh, this was, I don't know how many times I've been to the vet. I mean, it, it, it's costing me a few dollars, let's put it that way. But <laughs> if I don't do what I got to do. And, uh, and I'm at the vet's, and I just broke down in tears. And I couldn't, I couldn't help myself. I just started to cry. And I should also realize, uh, tell you, too, that in, uh, part of the treatment for, for Rhea is that I've got to wash her. I've got to wash her the underside. Um, and I do that with a special uh, shampoo, because I, I, I leave the shampoo on for a certain period of time so it has its effect upon her. And it, it does work. It, it's kind of a temporary, uh, you know, uh, appeasement, you know, to a problem. And, and I, I've been doing this now for I don't know how long. So you know, I'm at the vets. <laughs> I break down in tears. And the connection is the time I had to spend with Rita during her convalescence, if I could call it that. Actually, it was the time of her dying, uh, having to deal with bladder cancer and having to deal with the spread of that and having to also wash her and clean her. And it's like, Lord, I, help me, please. I, I was crying out to the Lord. And then the, the vet would come in, and I would kind of, you know, kind of maybe you know, tap my, my eyes and whatnot, but I'm looking at this woman. And all I saw there was <laughs> a dispenser of information, and all she could do was just tell me about all the intricacies of this disease, all the various other bacteria and viruses or whatever else that a dog could come down with, and all the medications that, you know, might, how should I say, be your choice of, of application and all of this. And she's just rattling on, and here I am, you know, in the midst of my <laughs> dealing with, with these emotions. <laughs> and, 
and I, for that whole day, I, I just I just could not you know escape the connection that this was taking place in, in uh, you know my life here, and also to realize too that this is the last you might say part of my family, my immediate family. Obviously, you know, I'm with Laura and the kids and so on and so forth, and this is my family. But my family, my family. This is you know obviously Rita was my wife, I was her husband. And this was Rita's dog. And uh, the dog obviously had a preference to her. And obviously, you know, the bond is there. But it was just, it was like I I went into a fog, you know what I mean? And it actually was a struggle to really um, put this message together. But but yes, I realized that Jesus was with me in that. And again, he lifted me. And I was, you know, obviously able to, you know, go through the day and everything else. But there are these moments and I was so surprised, you know, I'm sailing along, you know, and, you know, yes, you know, occasionally you think about Rita, but this is, whoa, you're, you're in that hole. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted, as we are yet without sin. And then said the Jews, see how he loved him. Would it be, see how he loved me, see his love See him only as a wonder worker, that the Jews are looking at him now. See him only as a wonder worker and one that can only give life now. No, they, they don't fully understand. But they do know that Jesus truly loved Lazarus as he loved Mary and as he loved Martha. Now, truly, he was dead. Lazarus was dead. Nature was returning uh, Lazarus's body to the very clay from which God made him. And, of course, this was Martha's reaction. Lord... You're, at, you're asking us to remove the stone from, from, this, from this tomb. What are you doing? And he says here, believe and see. This is so important to me. It's not see and believe. It is always believe and see. This is the way our life works as Christians. We walk by faith, not by sight. And this is something that, we again, we have to, you know, reconnect to. The renewing of our minds is part of it, is to realize that, Lord, I've got to believe, and I will eventually see. Jesus now prays unto his heavenly Father, and he says here, and they are one and always have been. And he says, that they might believe. And see verse 4, the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified. This is ultimately the objective of all of this. And, of course, he says, Lazarus, come forth. And, of course, the statement is, if he said just come forth, everybody would have come forth from the graves. (laughs) God's word brings life. This is what I hear. God's word brings life, as it did in the very beginning when God created. And God's word will always bring life. Loose him and let him go. And obviously we have the grave clothes, and I know we've been well taught with this particular message here. Believe on him. And they all believed on him. And of course we have the indication of our service to one another. We still wear the grave clothes, and we need each other's help. And the removal of these clothes to be further freed of, the, of this, uh, well again, of that which hinders our walk with God. Well, I'm working very well in terms of time. 
Well, speaking of time, this is, I'm going to end this with a summary. I'm going to call it Time with Each of Us Now in the Shadow of Death. We see that even having the power over death, Jesus will become obedient unto death, even the death of the cross, and taste death for every man. And through death, he will destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through the fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Jesus will die as a lamb of God and rid us of the very cause of death, which is sin. And he himself will rise again from the grave to give us the power over sin. He is my personal friend who sticketh closer than a brother. He is my teacher and prophet who patiently instructs and guides me into a progressive revelation of who God is. Remember the, the teaching that Jesus had with Martha. It was a progressive revelation. Remember the the way in which the blind man came to further understand who Jesus was. Remember the woman at the well who started with Sir. I started with a, a, being, a, a Jesus being a Jew and then calling him Sir, then calling him a prophet, and then finally realizing that he was the Messiah. God, as, the, as it is with me, deals, and I'm sure with all of you, deals with a progressive revelation Line upon line, step upon step, we're learning more and more about who Jesus is. He is my high priest who tenderly consoles us by coming to us in our grief and suffering through the precious gift of the Comforter, the Holy Spirit. We continually rediscover that he is Almighty God, Jehovah, the great I Am, Jesus the Christ of God, Lord of all creation, who has the power over death. The rising of Lazarus is a very small miracle compared to what God will eventually do with us. We will see an even greater glory than that one beheld by the family of Lazarus and the Jews. We will see again a risen Lord and Savior interacting with us now and forever, showing greater and greater glories that we can't not now even imagine. And then there will be the time with him in glory, a time that will go on forever and ever. Again, we praise God for this amazing story. And truly, he is the resurrection of life. And I thank God for, again, what, uh, what, he did, what he has done and what he is doing for us. And may we close in prayer. Our God and Heavenly Father, we thank you for your comfort to us. At the... Um, and again, as we consider this precious portion before us, it speaks to us again and again of how tenderly and carefully you came to this dear family and uh, not only, again, entered into their sufferings, but actually got rid of the, the very thing that, that caused their sufferings, the victory over death. Ultimately, it spoke of what you did on the cross at Calvary going to that cross and, and again dying for us and rising again and being at thy Father's right hand, preparing a place for us. We thank you that you are the resurrection and the life. I know your word does say that we would comfort each other by these words because there will be a shout that comes from heaven and Jesus Christ again will claim his church unto himself and those who are dead in Christ 
will rise to, to, to again um, go to be with him, and that we which are alive and remain will again join them in the clouds. So we thank thee for that precious truth and for the hope, dear Father, that we have in Jesus. We praise you for him in your son's precious name. Amen.